Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, and welcome back to our Discipleship Discussions podcast. We are starting a new series. With me, as always, is Dr. Patrick Latham. Uh, This new series is called Basic Christian Life. And today's topic is, drumroll please, the... Thank you. Thank you. The gospel. Obviously, we did not go to the school of music. Uh, we're talking about the gospel. And so let's kick off with some essentials. So in your opinion, uh, Dr. Latham, here we go. Uh, what are the essentials to the gospel? In, or, in other words, for a man to believe in Jesus as Savior, mm-hmm. what are those essential items? Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you've really got to be um, aware of sin. You know, you go back to how did Jesus preach? Mark one fifteen, repent and believe. You know, so, you know, repent really hits on that idea of sin, um, uh, transgression, um, you know, moral imperfection, you know, that's a softer way of saying it, right. you know, um, but but really you've got to have that word sin, you know, that concept of sin. And uh, that you're turning from something and to something. So, so repent. That is, you're seeing your need for a change. Like you're broken, you're imperfect, you're fallen, you're finite. Repent. And then Jesus preached that second word, believe, which means you're trusting or relying on something. What are you trusting and relying? You're trusting and relying that Jesus was God's son who came to remedy our sin problem. And he did that by living on our behalf, dying on our behalf, and, um, you know, getting up from the dead for us, you know, his resurrection as well. So, you know, I think those two concepts that you see a need, sin, and you see a remedy, Jesus Christ, God's son, who lived and died for your sins, you know, so, so it's hard in preaching and sharing the gospel. Sometimes we can act like there's all these other things the virgin birth, um, literal six day creation account, you know, um, you know, and all those things are important in their place. I mean, the virgin birth, obviously pivotal. You don't have the gospel without it. But as far as sharing the gospel and a person person being saved, I think there's wisdom in the way that Jesus preached, repent and believe, because those are the two big ideas with salvation and you get more than that. It's just, Oh wait, so I've got to believe all of these things in order to be saved. And I really believe when you're born again, when you're saved, like I look back at myself uh, being saved as an adolescent or a teenager. um, Like I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was broken. I knew I needed help. I don't, I wouldn't have used the word broken at that point, but I just knew I needed God. Right. And understood that Jesus was God and that he died for me and that he was alive. And if I believed in him and trusted in him, I would be saved. And so, and so those two ideas were there, repent and believe. But I, I, I have this conviction that when you're really saved, then those other things kind of come together in time. Like afterwards, then, okay, the virgin birth makes sense. Okay, you know, the Trinity makes sense, you know. So it's not like first it was like, do you believe in the Trinity? 
do you believe, you know, in the virgin birth? Um, those, those things kind of came later. So, so the other things like you just mentioned, not, not, not to diminish the importance, uh-huh. um, but things that we grow to learn, grow mm-hmm. to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I think of like, for instance, uh, seeing young children, six, seven, eight, come to know Christ. They probably don't fully understand what the virgin birth even means, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right? So that's before they had, yeah. have had sex ed in middle school. And yeah, so just yeah. understanding that, although pivotal core beliefs, core doctrines yeah. that will live and die off of, uh, yeah. by, uh, but yet the essential is the sin, uh-huh. the remedy for sin. Yeah. And that's only being yeah, through yeah. Christ. So good, good, good. All right. In our postmodern culture, uh, which is today, uh, yeah. I don't think anybody can really debate that. Uh, when we are starting to share the gospel, where do we start with the gospel? Some would say the sin, uh, but in today's culture, do we need to go back even farther in history yeah. to start with creation? Do we go straight to the cross? How would you answer that question? Yeah, I mean, I would just say my my kind of practice has been to, to start with creation um, and not like creation, like getting into like some cosmological argument about the foundations of the universe and you know, having a debate over the Big Bang. I mean, I may go there if that person wants to go there, but I start with creation because I feel like, um, you know, kind of our atheistic at worst, agnostic at best kind of worldview that's out there. Um, most people don't take it for granted. It used to be that people maybe had a worldview that assumed there's a God and that we're made for him. You know, now that's not the case. You know, uh, a lot of people hate life really is meaningless in a sense. We don't know why we're here. There's all those different types of views. So in sharing the gospel, I like to to go back to that creation again, not to get into a cosmological argument, but really to say you're alive for a reason. And that's a relationship with God. Now, if I can tell at that point that they're buying, digging what I'm saying on that, then, um, you know, we move forward. But I found that it's important to start there because when I share that, a lot of people, what about the Big Bang? What about aliens? Um, What about Charles Darwin? I thought he proved, what about science? Mm -hmm. You know, so then I'm armed and equipped um, with some things so that I can dialogue there or at least, give them something, go back and take time to give some research and give them some materials. Cause I believe there's answers for, for all those questions. Um, but, but I've just found that it's really important to start there. I've seen folks still, you know, I remember going to a church when I was in college and they had like a street evangelism program in Pensacola, Florida. And I saw how an older man I would go witnessing with in my church would, um, really start with sin, you know, kind of old Roman road, right. start with Romans 3.10 and Romans 3.23. And I just saw how it was almost like, dude, what are you even talking about? You know, and he was quoting scripture there. So I've just seen so many people, you've got to get to the point of there's a God who loves you and you're made for a relationship with him. Now let's talk about how that relationship's broken, you know, um, not that there's no benefit. Like I don't want to, throw shade on my friend's witnessing technique, like the Lord can use that, right? And who knows how after we walked away from a conversation, someone may have been convicted. But, and there's methods out there like the way of the master where it's like, 
you have sinned, quoting the Ten Commandments at people. I, I just think there is such a need for us to revive the idea that there is a God and we're made for a relationship with Him. And once people will accept that, then they're, they're ready to hear about sin and salvation. I think that's really good. What I've even noticed with middle schoolers, high schoolers, sharing the gospel with them, mm-hmm. um, I just can't talk about Adam and Eve now. Because mm-hmm. this question is like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So it's this um, biblical illiteracy, which isn't anyone's fault necessarily, mm-hmm. but having to go back to the very core, starting with creation. Mm-hmm. God created you, and let me tell you about the story, God's redemptive story, and ultimately, and then with Christ. And so, yeah, I, I would, you know, it's such a good point. And I, I, you know, there may be some that like, well, that's not the, the creation's not the gospel. You know, the gospel is repent and believe, as I said earlier. Um, you know, so there's some that may take issue with that. But I, I was reading this morning in Acts 7 in my morning devotion time and reading about Stephen preaching before you was stoned. And he shared the gospel, right? It's one of the longest chapters in Acts. You know, it's kind of like my devotional time. Like, whoa, I got a lot to read this morning in Acts. <laughs> right. But it was uh, like, wow, this is a really long gospel presentation. I mean, he's going into all of the Israelite history you know, and, and sharing about all of Moses' story, giving details that we don't have elsewhere. And then he gets to the punchline and, but you jokers crucified him, right. you know? So um, that's my paraphrase. Of I, it. I studied the Greek. I knew <laughs> yeah, somewhere right. in there. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, you know, my point in saying all that is in that very moment, Stephen knew contextually the best way to share the gospel. Paul later in Acts, you'll find him in Athens He's, hey, y'all got this statue of this unknown God here. So he knows the culture. He knows the background. He sees a way to share it. And I would just say, you know, repent and believe. Both Stephen and Paul preach that, but their lead up, they're, they're, they're disarming the culture with what the cultural back. They're disarming the culture in regard to the cultural baggage with the gospel. And we got some cultural baggage here where people out the gate don't even know if there is a God. They out the gate don't know why they're alive. Um, I, I remember several years ago at a church I pastored, I had an old evangelist who I greatly respect and love dearly. For me, it was just exciting to have him preach at my church. And he preached uh, a few different worship services. And then he kind of got upset in one of our meetings and said, you know, nobody's been saved this week. He said it used to be I came into a church like this with a few hundred people and I would preach for a few nights and I'd have 10 people saved every every service. I can't believe we've had nobody saved. Why has nobody been saved? And I mean, he's kind of like going on this rant there. And I'm like, man, we're all here to hear you, bro. Like, lighten up. <laughs> um, so, you know, listen to him go on his rant. Service ended. Afterwards, an older man in the church came up and, you, you know, while this guy was preaching, he said, I remember back in... 1950, whatever, you know, we'd have X amount of people saved when I would preach on a Sunday morning. What's going on? And this older man in the church came up and he said, you know, I felt like going up to him afterwards and saying, hey, I was there in the 50s. And I remember back then we would pray in school and even have the Bible read to us. We all knew who Adam and Eve were. We all knew we all accepted there is a God. It was culturally what you did. So people came into church and they heard the gospel. They were more ready to receive. I think that's not just true for church. That's definitely true for all of culture. 
So it's so important to start there with God. I could give examples where I think of a friend of mine. We grew up together and then got separated as families moved apart. I had an opportunity to reconnect with him. He found out I was a Christian, became kind of belligerent and antagonistic towards me. And um, can't believe you believe in God. Science disproved all that, blah, 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 blah. And my question was, hey, can I just share a book with you I read? It's called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Oh, yeah, I'll read it. I'll read it. You know, he, he touted himself. I'm into science, blah, 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 blah. Shared that book with him. Dude ends up getting saved. And just awesome testimony. That wasn't me. That's the Lord. But I found with him needed to first disarm these this cultural baggage of there is no God. Science has proved otherwise. How can you believe that? And there's a lot of great resources out there to help us with this. Yeah. So that actually leads into my next question. So we, we've all been trained in three minute testimony. You in your teaching session session, Mm -hmm. you trained on that. And so when looking at that in a situation with your friend, uh, how do you know if that's enough? When I say enough, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes here, the three-minute testimony. Is that enough for someone to come to faith? Mm-hmm. How do we know as a believer? Yeah. Should we give books and resources or make a, make a decision right Yeah. There? So um, I would say this about the three-minute te- three testimony technique. And, and for those who may not have heard, we're talking about three conversation topics. You can easily memorize your head, my life before Christ how I met Christ, my life after Christ. That's simply a plan to share the gospel. You want folks to hear the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul said, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So using that um, with the gospel uh, contained within that three-minute testimony is a, is a simple and powerful way just to get the gospel out there. And we have this conviction if we get the gospel out there, People will hear, and the more people that hear, the more people that will be saved. So it's just, and that's our job, just to proclaim, right? It's not to close the deal. It's not to twist their arm. It's not to convince them. It's just to proclaim. So that's what I love about that three-minute testimony. It's a simple way. I know I'm proclaiming, but great point. When you proclaim, you're going to get questions. You're going to get objections. You're going to get ifs and buts. Um, you're going to get confusion, you're going to get stonewalling, you name it. So what you have to be prepared to do then is then when you see the objections, when you see the barriers, you got to be prepared to help those people. Now, I I encourage people, what I love about the three-minute testimony is people are ready to witness. They don't feel like they've got to take systematic theology 101 and 102 in order to witness. And, And I think it's so important we recapture that in the church the early disciples was the Acts 4. We, we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard, right? That should be our spirit. You know, we're just sharing what we've experienced. That is true witnessing. True, You don't have to have a, uh, you know, a certification in apologetics to be able to witness, you know, apologetics defending the faith. You just have to tell what you've experienced. But in doing that, you're going to run into people who ask questions, who have, you know, barriers, then you've got to be able to go to the next level and help them and try to disarm, tear down that stronghold, demolishing stronghold and try to bring every uh, thought captive for Christ. So I would say in most witnessing encounters, I'm just trying to get the gospel out there. And then usually 
it's a lot of follow up mm-hmm. afterwards and um and, and and sharing you know i just think of ideas you know things um right now off the top of my head of encounters where hey let me give you this book let me help you with this let me try to answer that question and you've just got to be prepared to do that don't feel like you got to have all the answers Realize that it's your goal to love the person, to be humble, to say, hey, I never thought about that. Or I think I've read something on that before. Let me go find an article. There's a lot of great resources out there. It's so easy nowadays just to to pump stuff to people that helps um, confront their objections. Yeah, and that's good. My recommendation is always check the source of your resources yeah, yeah. just to make sure they line up. Yeah, that's uh, a with, great point. That's you. a great point. Uh, but no, that's good. And you, know, you just mentioned sharing your testimony three minutes. Uh, testimony, ways of sharing the gospel. So let's end with this. I know you've heard this. I've heard this time and time again. We're preparing for a mission trip, and I'm asking people to get their testimony ready. I need Mm -hmm. you to write it out. And I hear stuff like, my testimony is not good enough, or there's nothing exciting about my testimony. I was saved when I was eight years old. Uh, What what do you tell people who say things like this? I, I tell people, man, number one, realize this. It takes all types of people to reach all types of people. There's a reason we don't have all the same testimony. That's right. um, that's, there's a reason we're all different. You know, It takes different um, people to reach different people. The first community in which I pastored, there's a saying the old timers had. If you met somebody kind of strange or a little bit off the rocks, uh, they might say, I tell you what, it takes all types. Yeah. <laughs> so, Someone's told me that before. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. So um, I'd never heard that before until I moved there. But um, yeah, you'd say that to, with witnessing as well as it takes all types. So for somebody who grew up in church for years and never really did a whole lot of bad and evil stuff, um, but it never clicked with them concerning the gospel and what it means. I might be able to witness to them, like I was in church. And I, you know, I knew I had sin. I'd, I'd gotten in some trouble and done some some things I shouldn't have done. But for the most part, I'm kind of just normal guy going to church. And then one day, like I think they'd been preaching the gospel all along, but I was just too slow to catch it, and all of a sudden it clicks. Mm-hmm. So there may be church people. I've had it happen before. They've been in church paying their tithes. They've been baptized. They're here every time the doors open. But this concept of substitution just never clicked with them. All of a sudden, my testimony may be used to really light them up. There's other people, man, they had a rough. I I remember first guy who kind of mentored me or discipled me. He had been in jail, cocaine, drugs, rough past, wild living, you know, all types of immorality, horrific things he had done. And one day he has like the Paul on the road to Saul on the road to Damascus experience where he hears the gospel and it's like, yes, I need that. And then he's radically changed. He ends up having a ministry in prisons and, you know, he relates to those type of people. So I just give you two types of example. Laura, my wife, saved at five years old growing up in church. She's got a testimony there. Realize your testimony is what it is. Be, be, be real about it. Be natural about it and have faith that God saved you when he saved you and how he saved you because he wants to use you. And I, I tried to kind of, I found myself kind of ashamed of my testimony for a while because it wasn't remarkable enough. Right. And so I would maybe place emphasis on things I had done and, um, prior to my salvation to try to maybe, I guess, make it sound a little bit better. 
And the Lord convicted of me. Number one, that's like exaggerating to a degree, right? Right. But then number two, um, or lying to a degree, right. exaggerating. Which is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but then number two, like the Lord convicted me, Patrick, I saved you. Like I was in charge of all that, you know, like I know what I'm doing and um, I want to use your testimony. It may not in some ways by earthly definition seem as fascinating, but it is. It's still salvation and and God can use that. I think it, one, one last thing, one thing that's so important with that is it's often been said people can't argue with your experience. You know, and I mean, technically they can, but um, I think there's some validity in that, that your experience is powerful. So share that. If it, Share what really happened with sincerity and the Lord can use that. You see Paul in Acts, he rationalizes and explains the gospel sometimes, but his testimony seen in there, what, three different times? Mm-hmm. Is it three? Where he just keeps going back to that. Here's what happened to me. And you see people being persuaded or almost being persuaded because there's power in your personal testimony. That's right. Well, that's good. And I hope the person who feels that way that's listening to this is encouraged by that. Uh, never underestimate the power of going from death to life. Amen. No one ever underestimates that power. So uh, your testimony has meaning uh, because you've gone from death to life. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's via video or audio. Uh, we look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.